0: You are listening to Mark Hatmaker, Rough and Tumble Tour. This is a grab bag of old school Western martial arts, resurrected indigenous ways, and empirical musings tinged with a heavy dose of respect, admiration. Let's call it hero worship for these hosses of yore. Crew, Mark Hatmaker coming to you from the Comancheria. Uh, let's talk uh, neck breakers and choking and strangulations and jugulations and uh, molar poppers and, you know, all things sundry about having to do ad- with attacking the head. It's not actually uh, smacking on. We're going to be talking collar up attacks. Uh, we'll be talking, you know, not necessarily from the sportive aspect. We'll be covering some of that ground as well. But really, uh, you could say from the self-defense, the street defense. But actually, we're looking at our, all of our attacks are coming from the historical record uh, prior times we'll, that come under the catch all term of rough and tumble. Again, we'll be talking these jugulations, strangulations, neck breakers, molar poppers, etc. But first, a definition about that collar-up attack. This is any grappling-slash-scuffling attack that comes from the collar bones up. And uh, you might be asking, why do we make such a specific designation of territory? Well, see, the sportive aspect of grappling confines itself to a little narrow equator of action. That's the neck itself. And even here, the neck must be addressed with only a few handfuls of approved attacks. That's jugulations. And more of that here in a moment here. See, there is no neck attack that places the trachea in jeopardy as permitted. Now, keep in mind, there's some leeway and latitude there. As uh, Brother Joe Birder pointed out to me, I mean, it's yes, we'll have a, a guillotine attack primarily. We're looking for jugulation. The neck will definitely be uh, and some discomfort there, and you can feel some pressure in the trachea, but this is not specifically directed against it. So there will be a little bit of crossover when we're looking at the sport of applications, but where we really want to make the, uh, the distinction, and these are, this is a huge distinction, don't get me wrong about then is that we're looking at scuffling and then we're opening up this to wider classes. These things specifically target these areas uh, instead of having them possibly come along with a little bit of cranking or, tr- uh, or trachea pressure as a so-called collateral damage, and that might be uh, you know targets along friendly fire. Whereas opposed, we're looking at, no, this is the the be-all, end-all, sometimes it's the bullseye, which you're looking for in and of itself. Now, again, as far as jugulations go, uh, this is the very reason why the sleeper hold, which we also know is just a rear naked choke, this is banned in law enforcement circles. As uh, what is you know, as we know, a sleeper, rear naked choke, is, uh, is it safe for sport-derived jugulation? Because most of the time you've got, to, you know, there's stress, of course, but there's less chaos involved here. And also you've got a ref there to make sure that we are applying this uh, safely and uh, <laughs> strictly according to technique. Because in the chaotic scrum of real world, not sportive chaos, with no referee pressure, Well, it can easily twist into a strangulation and do permanent damage or, in fact, kill the one on the receiving end because sometimes, you know, stress and scarce and bad intentions can make something held on far, far too long and or you misapplied and a great deal of stress pressure on there. And there goes that Hollywood bone and boom, out. Now, these banned cases are a mixture of poor technique and some in life, fire, chaos and others. And I repeat Every single legal choke in MMA and light grappling arts is a really, basically, a class of jugulation with the odd cervical jeopardy crank thrown in here and there. Again, there could be some blend there, but for the most part, though, that's what you're looking for: supportive grappling to make it uh, safe and with something we can return to again and again and again. Now let us define some terms here. There are four ways to attack the head or neck of an opponent. Well, four ways that grapplers can uh, to approach the situation. And make sure here, in case you are thinking to yourself, I'm a striker, I don't do any grappling. Well, okay, okay, I get that if you want to you know, clock out at this point. Uh, my, my own preference is rough and tumble. It's got the whole thing in there. There's lots of hidden, lots of banging, lots of weapon work, and of course, lots of grappling and scuffling. You've got to have it all in there to be complete and full. And if you think, well, I would never go to the ground. I just won't grapple because uh my 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 mighty striking prowess will prevent that from happening. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Keep thinking that. Um... Now, again, uh, we, we're going to go to great pains to define these uh, four classes because with rough-and-tumble grappling, it is not sport grappling. There are no restrictions to a single class. As a matter of fact, all classes are on the table, and the best tactics blend aspects of two or more of the classes to uh, a quote I found in the historical record, stack mayhem hell on rawbon." If I could love that. You know, Forgive my French there, but stack mayhem hell on rawbon. Okay, let's get to the uh, four classes here. Jugulations. Now, this is any compression of the throat that impedes or cuts off arterial blood flow to the brain via constriction of one, or preferably both carotid arteries. And yeah, I know that although we are constricting both the carotid arteries and the jugular veins to do the deed, it is the carotid restriction that does the damage. Now, why the term is jugulation rather than carotidization? I don't know, rather than the relative inelegance of the word. Now, jugulations are the sport-approved class of collarbone up attacks. And again, I must stress, There will be some ancillary, uh, friendly fire, uh, collateral damage, uh, even in the sportive aspect. For the most part, though, the following three classes, you should, in sport, you wouldn't be going for these specifically, but in rough and tumble, you get to. So we move on to strangulations. Now, this is any compression of the throat that restricts airflow and replaces the hyoid bone in jeopardy. This this class is where the law enforcement sleeper can step from restraint to death territory. This is everything from, you can think about when you see the Hollywood choke and, and, and Films, or you know, someone's just grabbing the throat and putting two thumbs across the throat. We think, oh, these things don't work. Well, it does with a good deal of uh, crushing pressure in there. Indeed, and can it can? And this is every even down to the garroting, uh, you know, the uh, piano wire work, or whatever. The strangulations are indeed here. Uh, we next comes cranks. Now this is any manipulation of the head or the neck that compresses, separates, torques, or kinks the cervical vertebra. Now the variety of crank mayhem here is just absolutely staggering. Uh, some of us are already privy to that, and whenever you think, oh, there's probably a good two dozen of them, you're gonna turn your, you know, shake your head when you realize. No, it's actually let's point that to around 108. 107, 108 somewhere. I believe that's it. Last the last count, distinctly different variations of cranking up the head it's just amazing and the last class we can call nerve pain or face locking or molar poppers and I make me mean, despite the name this class refers to any grip that can be taken on the head face or neck that does the job tapping the opponent of course or stopping them or creating more stimulus pops so you can move on to something else sometimes if you've got something stubborn you're using these uh, face locks molar poppers etc to get onto the thing that actually cranks and kills or puts them unconscious. Now, again, these, these work via nerve uh, or bone compression, and they do not restrict blood flow, airflow, or place cervical vertebrae in jeopardy. Again, they're not necessarily stoppers. They can be for many people, but they're meant to be those little spurs. It's, it's raking the horse, sunfishing that horse to get him exactly where you need him to go. Now, there's a staggering variety of compliance holds and man stoppers in this class, easily far more than the other three classes combined. And you notice I use the word molar popper. We're going to go uh, deeper in the history of this another day because it turned out <laughs> it turned out were some people that were so skilled that taking that thumb along the outside of the jawline there, they could you know, get that thumb and, think, and actually pop it from the outside of the face, unless we think this might be, uh, you know, we're talking pop it out of socket, and we think this can't possibly be true. And there's a few stories of some Old West dentists who used thumb and forefinger to reach within the mouth, and this isn't during a fight, they were dentists, I think Doc Holliday, and he didn't do this, but there's a record of a few who could, who had the strength to reach in and pull that tooth loose. Out, completely out of socket. And you think, well, that, that can't be true. Well, it turns out dentistry in early Japan. There is actually training to do just this way. Instead of using pliers or spanners, you could do it this way, and there was actually a training device for it. Anyway, we'll get into this another day because it comes back when we really get into working with some actual techniques. We're doing molar poppers from the outside. I'll make sure we'll include some of that. And What that training device was, and it's actually easy to make, and uh, it's uh, harder than you think, but uh, once you get your head around the technique, it's, it's pretty fascinating and grisly on that. Anyway. There, there's four definitions, and our theory is out of the way. Now, again, if you want the real deal hands-on and how-tos for many of these long-forgotten collar-up attacks, well, of course, I would direct you over to the Black Box Warehouse, particularly the last two uh, volumes we did, which is the Black Box volumes number 24 and 25. These uh, burn the gates 20 different uh, head attacks above the collar attacks. There's more to come. And um, it will give you a rip it and tear for some wild-ass, unexpected, surprisingly easy-to-snag angles. Uh, and of course, uh, we've got the upcoming uh, boot camp there in August. I'll put a link in there if you want to head out to that. We'll be uh, showing these plus many, many, many more. There's many more coming down the pike, but if uh, you're not a hands-on sword, at least hopefully this kind of opened up her eyes and ears that there's more going on above the collar than we uh, normally think. Anyway, take care of yourself, crew. Thank you for giving me some ears on.